folk, Amanda Seals, I'm about to walk off. <laughs> One, two, three. Everybody say reprimand. <laughs> oh, watch. I'm walking off. I'm going to record because I want to be able to like slice it up and stuff. Hey, everybody. Welcome to In Living Colors. I know y'all. I've been waiting for us to give y'all what y'all need in the midst of the quarantine. Period. We've been on quarantine. Ah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. We've been on quarantine for how long, y'all? I feel like we've been here for so long. Since 1957. That's what it feels like. I know it says. <laughs> the eyes of That's what it feels like. <laughs> the eyes of the Lord. Yes. Most definitely since the eyes, no Cinco de Mayo, no nothing, baby. They even canceled Valentine's Day on the girls. The whole United States but just on the sick and shitty list. I know they don't need to cancel Scorpio season, though. I know that much. Everybody else say they better not cancel out of season. All I know, my friends say, all I know, that is making more because my birthday is in April. They say, you know what? They can cancel Pis um, Pisces, Aries, and Taurus. They better not cancel Leo season. And look, Leo season was in the pandemic. Listen, everybody's canceled, so you can get ready to get canceled too, okay? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just. I taking, think Scorpio season may be the worst. That's when it's gonna be the end. My birthday is coming up at the end of the month. Uh, I'm just going to devil for my birthday, baby. I'm just, I'm just, I baby. do, do. <laughs> I'm gonna live my life in the mountains. I'm welcome, welcome to come and join the ticket parlor. You can go round trip for less than two hundred dollars. Yes, I'm going to DC tomorrow. Oh, Maryland. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you taking you quarantine in DC? Because you know, on some of this, on some of this, we're gonna talk after we get out live. I'm gonna tell you the ifs and outs, the twos. Why, why, why uh, you can't tell the people now? Mm, mm. They ain't got what they need to get through the quarantine. Well, the people Period. may. They might want to go to we'll tell you after, after you for a small donation <laughs> for a small <laughs> small piece of the behind the what you need. Okay, so I, think, I think my sister did add the donation button. So I mean, you could always drop a coin. If not, feel free to donate. You guys can cash up us at dollar sign T M P I N C. That's dollar sign T M P. I can see we're gonna add it to the chat and we'll probably like pin it at the top or something. Um, let me do that right quick. What's going on, everybody? How are y'all doing out there in the Facebook land? Okay, I am Bernice McFarland. I'm the founder, executive director of the Mahogany Project here in Houston, Texas. I am the Adonis Dora Lee, the main dude, never the lame dude, but always the same dude, reporting to you live in color and back from the sick and shut in least. Right, as of now. And I'm Marnita the Queen. And I am Joel, aka your man's first choice. Nice lady. Oh, wow. So we're just, you know, happy to be back with y'all. Unfortunately, we couldn't do it last week. Adonis was down, but he's back now. Did you miss me? 
We can't do it with, we can't, it's it's like a table. We can't, it's it's wobbly without one leg. So we got to make sure that we stand it strong. Okay, we can just put a little cardboard under it. Oh. No, I'm just playing, but just some little mahogany project announcements. In case you guys did not know, we have announced Black Trans Empowerment Week. It will be November 13th through the 20th, and this year thing will be when we rise. So I'm super excited about that. We do have an event page up for that, so make sure you follow it. And also, we are selling mahogany project fans. Um, you can get those for $25. They look just like the logo in the background. You know, you kind of little one, two piece. You can't really see because it blend right in, but you know. It's all close. It's still like Bam, it's that. It's that. It looks just like the logo in the back, you know, yeah. our little screen. So you can donate your $25 at Cash App TMP Inc. In the memo, click fan. And if you're outside of Houston or you're in Houston and you want it shipped to you, it's $35. And you can send that to TMP Inc. And just inbox a address and I'll get that shipped out to you. Um, also, something really, really exciting. Me and Joel is currently participating in the Power Communications Institute with Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so we've been doing that over the last two days and we continue to work over that over the next three to four months. Um, so I'm really super excited about that. We've been doing some, learning some amazing things. Um, so be looking for some more amazing digital content coming your way. Um, more videos, some more amazing flyers, and just more dope, th more dope things coming from the Mahogany Project. Yes. Even Ally Train. Yeah. We not, yeah, we do. Accom accomplished Train. We're not even doing Ally Train. We're not half-edged stepping. We're there you doing right there. Accomplished Train. <laughs> also, we still giving away. We don't have to get rid of this background for a little while, y'all. Bear with us. It's because we can't show y'all what we need to show. But as of right now, we still have self-defense items. Yes. And for those of you guys who have reached out to us about these items, do us a favor. Check your email. We did send some funding things to you um, to let you know how you can get them. Um, because if you are in the Houston area within a certain radius, you have to pick these up. So please, if you requested these items from us, please, 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 please check your email. Um, and if you was outside of that radius, those items have already been mailed out to you. They were actually mailed out on Monday, so you should have them by now, okay? Tell them um, what we have in the survival Oh, kit. yeah, so we have a stun gun and pepper spray. <laughs> And then we also just have um, pepper spray. Uh, baby, that took me fast. Okay. <laughs> I said, well, let me get one because you never know. And I also just have mace as well. They see. Spray stuff. If you want one of the kids, I'm just going to go ahead and kick it again. You can get you water rose and a little, you know, pepper spray cake. You know, so I'm a two piece. Yeah, it's a two piece. <laughs> Go to the Mahogany Project page, click on the little link that says link tree, and you want to fill out the form that says uprising. Um, and remember, if you're within a five-mile radius of the Montrose area, um, you would have a 15-mile radius of the Montrose area. You would have to pick those up. If you're outside of that radius, we will mail those to you. So just keep that in mind as well, okay? This yes, the babies bring you peace. Okay. Let me tell you something, baby. When we deal in these times for these races and these cares. When they run up on you and say, why you here? Sock it to them. Oh. <laughs> you might pray it over, you know, 
acting. You don't want to leave. Talk your tune. I'm trying to be on my Catwoman Tomb Raider Mortal Kombat tease. I'm trying to do a do a cartwheel backflip split into a cross real quick. <laughs> I got my knife with it. It could be it could be a real scene. That's it. Y'all going to jail. They say. <laughs> Y'all know I love to give a look. I'll give a Laura Croft look with the taser real quick. To jail. All my siblings that do sex work, when you deliver to service and they gave you your money, you say, baby, what's my donation? What donation? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm the boss. Donation. Okay. Y'all going to jail. Y'all my donation, baby. <laughs> Y'all going to jail. You know. It's all kinds of scenarios you can have. My God, my God. It. Okay. It's on you, Marnina, too. <clears throat> what else are we talking about today? It's an icebreaker. Icebreaker. Oh, icebreaker, icebreaker. Well, I have okay, I want to do the roses. For you, if you don't have one. Oh, what, what, which one? Super, if we have one superpower. Oh. Oh. So if we could have, so if we could have one super <laughs> Power, what superpower would it be? That's easy for me. Now, would it be a super uh have been having a superpower in the world of other people have superpowers or you just the one with you just got a superpower, you just got it yourself. I'm sorry, I want to be a level five weather witch. You want to be a what? A level five weather they witch. They burn on some nerd shit up there, Omega Level shit. Everybody don't understand that. I basically want to be storm. <laughs> oh, you wanna you wanna use the weather as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So y'all piss me out. I'm gonna say, just make it 130 degrees outside and just come on in the house. Oh, it's already. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mother Nature doing that right now. It's definitely already bad. <laughs> okay, they trying me today. Oh, okay, just do this and make the look. Right on that parade. Right on that parade. Right on that What would you do, Adonis? What would you be? If we. Since Ryan brought up more, I would definitely be the male version of Rose, you know. Oh, you took mine. You know, Southern, you know, just. But which Rose, though? Because, you know, it's different versions. I, I, I'm a millennial from the, I'm the earlier millennial. I'm talking about 90s cartoons. I'm talking about X-Men animated series, though. Right, right, right. <laughs> I I, I, no, 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 they tried it with their rogue. They tried it. Oh, flying rogue. That's all she took. Stack house. No, I'm not with it. Oh, Joel, you brought it up. What you? Which? What's your superpower? I Adonis took rogue because I would be rogue. Honestly, I would want flying and super strength. And shapeshifter. Like, I rogue can be a shapeshifter depending on who you touch, but you can be a shapeshifter. Well, you know I feel like I shape shift now because I just give different looks. So I feel that's like shape shift. I, <laughs> I was like, that's really not, that's not far from what's going on now. <laughs> now I'm trying to beat somebody up and I'm trying to fly like rogue. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be invisible, y'all. It's a bird to fly away and shit. And it's rogue mama, so, you know. I would be invisible. I want to be invisible. That's what I want to do. I want to go rob banks and just walk out with the money and the money just Marnita want to rob the bank. 
Period. Go ahead, go ahead, for your donation. You ain't got my donation. <laughs> That's what you, uh -huh. you gonna show up to chase like that, Augustus? You got my donation. <laughs> I can't. Let me tell you something, baby. I got baseball. I got baseball. You can't play with them. <laughs> can't play with them. <laughs> She's not fun. How the hell you gonna make this stuff stick it under a thing and spray it? Pepper, it depends on if it's pepper spray or if it's mace. Because pepper spray it squirts directly. Spray gives you a mist. Uh, don't ask me how I know, but I know. It, was, it sounds like a personal experience. Mm, however it is, no. Mm. My God, my keep the oil in my lap. My God, that's it. My God. But speaking of, oh, never mind. That's another pop culture. I'll put it on the pop watch party. Yes, that's a watch party. Mm -hmm. Oh, yo, <laughs> watch party. Yes, please tune in. We're going to post on the Mahogany Project things. So you want to be a part of our watch club? Basically, what that is, you've heard of a book club. What it is is you watch whatever that's being disseminated, and then we we'll have a conversation about it live. Okay, that's there it. will be a syllabus. Right. So you got to <laughs> stick to it, watch it, because if not, baby, we don't cascade you if you don't know what it is. Oh you know, because if you say, I, "I saw this," say like, "Like, no, huh?" Everybody, all right? Yes. Oh, and the girl. Yes. Ripper man, wait no reparations. You know. But. <laughs> so with that, I forgot what I was thinking about as far as the watch for. Huh? Reprimanded, reparations, you know. You don't want to reprimand the girls when they down and out. You see what I'm saying? People are already going through. You don't want to reprimand them. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh-uh. Let's talk about but let's talk about Billy Porter. So we all about we about speaking of reprimand. So he says he to be reprimanded. Uh so hard topic to done is we talk about Billy Porter, y'all. Um, so in case y'all didn't know, um last week there was a video that surfaced of last year's um what is the Emmy nomination? I thought it was this year's. Oh no, that no, was last year. That's right, because we're not a lot of uh, girls, you know, they be getting angry and they don't know all the facts and all the details and things of that nature. Um, but there was a um a video that started from last year when Billy Porter actually won his Emmy um from Pose, and that was his first Emmy win. And so there was a dialogue about basically the women of Pose being snubbed from the Emmys, and how do he feel about that? To which he responds, you know, he don't he don't believe in no bittersweet, um, at least. We as a people, meaning LGBT people, LGBT plus people, um, are in, in the building. And for him, that was good enough. I, I'm just a messenger. You know, I don't make the rules. And it wasn't my thoughts or opinions. So let, let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. How do y'all feel about it? I think it's interesting that he said that after he got his Emmy win for a show that was about black trans women. I agree. And not only that, I think it's interesting when we talk about being in the building, right? What being in the building is enough. That's the thing that we always talk about how black trans women or trans folk are not accepted. It's it's 
pure toleration, right? Well, me, me you, you telling me to come to Thanksgiving dinner, regardless that you didn't make room for me at the table and I had to go sit in the dining room with the kids or in the den with the kids and eat my food because it wasn't enough room for me at the elder table. But you got an invite to Thanksgiving dinner and so you should be grateful. Or, you know, some your family is allowing you to come and stay with them, but while you're there, you can't exist in your totality, but you should be grateful because you have a roof over your head. I believe what he said was some bullshit, okay? Just like, there's a lot of places in, in a house that's inside of a building that people don't want to be. Don't nobody want to be in, standing in the bathroom all day. Mm. Don't nobody want to be sitting in the basement. And people are not too fond of addicts either, okay? So just because all of those things are inside of a building or you are in a building does not mean that you are one wanted there or that you are in a place to experience the things that are going on in that building. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Um, especially on last year and then I saw his Instagram post this year. Um... Here's my thing. It's the difference between an ally and an accomplice. We've had this conversation. Here's the thing. Now, granted, I understand that this man, he said 30 plus years. You know, he been doing longer than almost I've been alive. However, come my thing is, especially you're on a show that's primarily featuring trans women of color, mm -hmm. and you are also on this show. It's like, damn, if you say to say nothing to me is basically agreeing with what is going on. So my thing was like, you can still have your mom. We're not taking it from you. Listen, bro, you know, you've been at it for a long time, a long time. It shows in that crow foot. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and yet, you still could have said, well, you know, I want to see more diversity. I've made it here. I would love to see my sisters come. You know, I wanted more from him now. From the post that I, that he posted this year on Instagram, I definitely was like, okay, this is more of this. This is more of what I needed for you. And then you know, people hopefully you know people grow, so he knows better now. Do you think so? And for what it appears, I'm gonna I, I say that because you know sometimes some people may not know because I don't even know that he may be a black woman. I don't know how involved or how many quote unquote um, trans women trans women of color friends he may have or even either trans of trans experience he may have and I think so maybe now by him being on the show probably prompted the post that he made however just but it goes to show that's a good example of how many people will go along to get along while they're in your face but what do they do when it's really time to step up for you because Jay Jackson saying what have you done for me lately ladies it's on y'all what y'all think thoughts I feel like we always talk about being in the room or having a seat at the table. But what are you doing when you're at that table? I've seen people take up space so much <clears throat> and so many times and really have nothing to say and just be okay with being um, counted in the number. There are so many times even on like, let's just talk about like public health work when folks have community advisory boards and they want uh, to fill a quota and they put such and such on the table. And this lady, her name is Waida Shabazz, one of the baddest like HIV activist leaders in the community that I've ever seen. And she's super dope. And she always says, 
when you're in the room, don't just eat the chicken. Actually ask about what is on the agenda. Ask about what's going on. What is, what's good for community. Um, ask about what's the fine print and really look at what you're signing and just don't. Be, and so I think that translate into a lot of like work that a lot of folks that are cisgender do. Like they just be there to be like, oh yeah, but a uh, black trans woman. And they think because they say that, that that's enough. And they're not doing the work. They're not actually putting in the work. And the fact that you're there to check a box isn't okay. <clears throat> the fact that you're there to check a box is not okay with me. And I'm not okay with that. And I'm not okay with him saying that. And I think that a lot of the times, especially a lot of cisgender folks, especially cisgender black gay men right off the backs of black, uh, black trans women. And once they get through the door, they don't leave it a jar for the sisters to come behind. They just slam it in their face. And I think that, that that's utterly disgusting. And I think him even, you know, being more fem, feminine, um, fem forward, I think he's using that because he see that that's hot right now because he see that's the it thing. For him. Uh-huh. Such a new thing for him. This is, if you yeah. in the past, this is not something that he had yep. in the past. This is something that, and we're not saying that people are not able to evolve, but it's also how, oh, as the folks, old folks say, it's how you do what you mm. do, right? Mm -hmm. And, and that's why I said he's just doing that because he sees it's the it thing. That's the cool thing to do right now. And I and I just, I don't know. I'm and just really utterly disgusted. I thought he was better than that. And it could be the fact that maybe this is something that he always wanted to do and never couldn't because, you know, it takes a certain level of privilege to be able to, like, honestly, authentically be you in Hollywood, so maybe he feels like, well, now I can do the same if you ask me, I'm saying yes, however, it could be that. Now, I do love what India Moore, who plays Angel, said is that, and I'm paraphrasing y'all, send it to me. Um, basically, um, what if we lived in a world where we waited for cis people to validate us? And that was deep. Because I was like, you know what, mama, you get a real good point. But she also expressed how his comments and views hurt her heart. She did say that as well. But those were coming last year, though, right? No, I think those were this year because it resurfaced. And because none of them also, when that post that you said that he created, mm -hmm. that you was a chance, if you go and look at it, nobody proposed like it. And so I, I have a question for you, Adonis. And, you know, um, so do you think that black queer men have an obligation to black trans women that they do not meet? Um, I'm gonna answer that after we let Joel say her. Oh. Her spiel, cause we skipped over. Boss Laddie, it's on you. So what you gonna do? I, I don't wanna say I'm not, I'm disappointed. I think it just, I feel like I'm, you know, I agree with all of you. I'm disappointed. Um, I think it does go to show the underlying theme in the LGBT, you know, in our community overall in general, that as soon as somebody that is slightly less marginalized gets in the door, they forget about the people that have really been fighting. Because Billy said, well, basically, you know, they can, they'll get their turn. We in the building. But it's like, you wouldn't even be in the building if it wasn't for Black trans women. You wouldn't even have the Emmy if it wasn't for a show about Black trans women, the Black trans women that weren't nominated. And I think it, it's, it's telling that, you know, believe when people show you who they are, believe them. And 
he had one opportunity, one chance to really speak up. And he spoke up and he said what he wanted to say and he said what he meant. And I do think that people can grow from it, but I think that it's going to take a lot more than some Instagram posts to, to win somebody over. Like, and I definitely feel like he's riding the wave and benefiting. And it's disappointing. I mean, now I look at the show and I'm like, fucking trash. I'm like, ugh. But, uh, I mean, it, hey, it's happened to me personally, so I'm not shocked. I'm just disappointed because I really, truly believe that he was really about the girl. He's just about walking around the pool. And maybe, and maybe he may be now. But then, it was not. It definitely wasn't. It wasn't a good look. Chocolate but it made it seem like then he was this progressive pimp. Like, he just made it seem like he was progressive and for everybody. And it, that's what's disappointing. Like, yeah, you could be about it now, but when we really needed you back then, you weren't. And like... You know, it just makes you think, well, are you only for us now because you got called out or did you really grow? Yeah, I'm definitely going to need Billy to do more than just make that pause. I'm definitely going to need something. I'm going to need more. I'm going to need action. He just made because y'all not going to let him walk around the pool in lime green panties, a puffer jacket, and wedge heels no more. But why not going to do that? I mean, <laughs> he did that. The demographic will let him do that. I don't follow him. He never, he don't, he don't move. All right. Oh, so answer your question. I feel it. I personally feel as though, yes. I'm sorry. I personally feel as though, yes, that Black queer sister man definitely do have an obligation to our trans sisters. So everybody with their faults under the umbrella, honestly. And it's so crazy because, and here's the thing, and we're speaking about the pediology of privilege. My thing is the same passion and vigor oh, that theology. you can use as far as saying what's wrong, what's racist, and pointing out white privilege, I need you to do the same thing when it comes to cis privilege. I need you to do the same thing when you're talking about patriarchy within our community. Like, mama said, we're going to play, we're going to play right. Massage the wall. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's talk about it. So my thing is, if you don't call it out, call it out. But don't call it out when it only benefits you. Because if that's the case, yes, what you said may have some truth and merit. However, but I'm only gonna have to take it with the brain of salt because my thing is you're only in this fight because it appeases you. And then once you get what you need, then you good. Because I say right now, especially within the black community, the cis gay black man is the white man, is the white is the white man in the community. Let's just be real. Okay. Let's be real. I agree with that. Don't I mean even though we talked about it in the past, I mean, look at the whole thing with, um, I won't bring it up because we're going to bring it up later, okay? Mm -hmm. Don't reprimand me. I've done this. We to, so so if you guys here have reprimanded, like, all my lashes, they hanging on by a thread because I'm about to be in tears. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. So next on the agenda, because y'all know I love pop culture. Huh. I, I probably do a lot. Of, I have a job that I'm able to work remotely and do what I do is still watch catch up on the shows. So Black is King. I haven't seen it. Okay, Joey. Uh, but you I'm gonna watch it this weekend. I'm gonna watch it this weekend. I promise. 
in all fairness, I haven't seen it either. Monday, but, have you seen it? I have. Y'all want to know a secret? I ain't seen it either. <laughs> <laughs> I did see the already video. That's what I really wanted to see was the already video. I did. Now, see, one thing, okay, so I can't comment on one little thing about it, though. So I kept seeing stuff float around about how um, her video was really sat- sat- satanic and how, like, it was, like, demonic and all this other stuff. When she was really using like African culture, it looks like from the images that I was able to see, I saw that she was really using like African traditional garbs and stuff and headdresses. And folks really, really annoy me when they always want to say, uh, y'all know black folks in the Illuminati and oh my God, it's really, really annoying. Really annoying. So we'll, we'll save that conversation because I need all y'all to watch it because it was definitely a beautiful body of work. Everything that I've seen, I've been trying to avoid watching stuff about it. I only wanted to see the already video because she actually posted it, and that's my favorite song from the album. And she killed it. She gave me the one the thing that B did with this album is because I was like, you know, her music. I was like, huh, I want something different. I want her to give me global music. I want her to take me to the motherland, and she did that. And I feel like the, the visuals did that. She looks beautiful. She's giving us something different. So I'm excited to watch it. It's definitely like, I'm t- well, I'm already a B fan. First of all, she used to get all of it. But I, visually, it was beautiful. Like, of course, not me, the Nigerian part of me, I loved it. Oh, you know, I, I, for those who follow me on Facebook, uh, shout out to my homeboy, Ron, who bought me my ancestry. For my birthday, you know, my my results came back. Adonis, you do this on your own life. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> no, wait, hold on. Let me, let me rub it on you. She's talking about the motherland. So I'm 92% Nigerian, just Nigerian. Then I'm 98% African. Uh, so let me tell y'all something. So for Black History Month, baby, you want a real African. I mean, not <laughs> French, but that matters not. So you ever want to go to motherland? It is. It's the bad part of let, let, let me rub it on. Cause all, the all, all, all the friends ain't good. So he, he, he probably from the he probably from the the, the ghetto part of the two percent. Okay? Right? Because when I rub it on <laughs> in your head, it's gonna be like Mama, hey, God. <laughs> That's what it is. Okay, okay so we won't talk about it since y'all like watched it. But since we're talking about our interest there, I'm more Native American than most people. So we we bringing up what we are. Then. I don't know about that. I'm not eight percent. So this, I went to go get this off my altar because I, one of the reasons why I did want to talk about it too, my name is like what you said. Right? Right, what's an altar for those who may not know? For the girls to read your books, read a book. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to reprimand the girls for not knowing what the altar is. So basically an altar is just basically some a place um, where you can set up, um, set things that uh, remind you or represent of your ancestors, your culture, um, your faith, uh, spirituality, and things like that. Well, let me so, ask you something. You say your ancestors. So does that mean your ancestors who were here before they practice a Western religion? Yeah. So you mean that you're paying homage to, let's say, your African ancestors? Yeah, this is one of the deities okay. that, that Beyonce was portraying. So she was standing in the waterfall and she had all of the blue. This was the lady that she was portraying who oftentimes is depicted as a mermaid. And she is the goddess of motherhood and fertility. Uh, and I keep her on my altar because in my lifetime, I have been shaped by so many 
different types of women from um, black women to Latinx women, from women who could have been my grandmothers, from women who could have been my sisters, my aunts, my mom. So I always want to pay homage to them and, 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 and motherhood because I always feel like I have multiple moms. Even when I worked at my old job, um, it was a lady named Angela who worked there and I used to call her my work mom because she used to always, when I felt bad, she would make sure I was okay. Mm. She made sure like I would have self-care and things like that. She would just call and check on me. So I, I've always had a, a very close relationship with just women. And so it, it, it always mean a lot to me. So I, I particularly got her for my altar. And so that's one of the reasons why I particularly wanted to discuss Black Men because I have not seen the whole thing. I've seen clips of it, but I think it's interesting how Black people can, we can, we we are supposed to be a monolith when it become when it comes to religion. We all supposed to be Christians and you know pray to Christ and pay our ten percent. Which Christ? The white one or the black one? And that's the, the Joel. That's the same question I've been trying that, to figure be out. Because my thing is, and that, that's what that's what makes me feel some type of way. Listen, oh whatever religion that you are a part of, if you're serving you, <laughs> that's fine. However, come here. Here's my thing. Please do not say anything that we were doing prior to being enslaved is the mock. Because my thing is, when we were enslaved, when the slaves was practicing Christianity, we were outside mimicking what they were doing. What God were we both praying to that was giving us the same result? And read about Constantine. So my, my thing is this. Don't say something demonic, because if it's demonic, darling, you don't know what is the because you ain't did the research. But all you know is that it's African, so it's bad because of how we've been colonized. Well, I, I think it's funny and interesting that, well, everybody say that slavery is bad, but Christianity is a byproduct of slavery. And Christianity in the African-American community is a byproduct of slavery. Don't in the Bible tell you to beat your slaves if they don't act right? Come on. Let me tell you something. But this is what the girls used to pray to. Why, why the people who were enslaved them praying to the same people? And not even on the Sabbath, because Sabbath is Saturday in land. But for whatever, we're not going to do we're that. Gonna, we're not going to get into different languages. We ain't going to talk about how Jesus isn't the real word in Hebrew. But okay, yeah. cool. Or how homosexuality wasn't even in the Bible since 1940. <laughs> now we go. We get the. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't reprimand me. <laughs> Well, how about King James was bisexual? Well, you know, whatever. Ooh, or how about in the Bible when the men went out to wars, they would take little boys with them so they could have sex with them. Ooh, and then, ooh, for the girls who always like to quote Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah was not about people living a, a homosexual lifestyle. It was just a place where people just did all kind of like crazy shit. Mm -hmm. There was people who was fighting, all kind of sinning, stealing, drinking, mm -hmm. partying. Uh, Bestiality. I see all kind of stuff. So if you thought that say because the girls was up there trying to swindle people, it wasn't because of. So when you think about hood week and swindle, mm -hmm. start and more. That's it. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Franny. Hey, Francesca. She actually asked about our next viewing question. She asked, "Have we watched P Valley yet?" Oh, that's next. Ooh, oh, but before, but before we continue. Again, Miss Santa had a birthday not too long ago. I love Miss 
Santa. Again. Hey, Mama. I heard I missed it. For y'all who did not know, because I don't know if how if you got across our radar, but Miss Santa, so I don't I can't remember how many masks for the African American Saving Merchant Task Force, but she sold quite a bit herself. Come on, Miss Town. I love Miss Town. I love you. Gotta be sewing masks and saving lives. Come on, there you go. Ooh, and man. she was doing it for the free, y'all. She was doing it for the free. The free. She, let me see something. Miss oh, Town do all kinds of stuff for a community that people just don't even be knowing about. She does. She does. Mhm. She's a backstage worker. She don't want a lot of praise and all that stuff. So I just, I just love me some her. That's my mama. So we'll give you your flowers in the center because I love you. And we all well, we all love you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty unanimous. Yeah, you... <laughs> P Valley. <laughs> no, next to P Valley. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. Listen, if you ain't seen P Valley, let me tell you something. Get your star subscription. Oh, you can get a little, a little deal right now for stars. You can get three months. For five dollars a month, it's coming five forty with tax. That's it. Mm. You know, so just budget, sacrifice a substance that you might like to do. Okay, a just what you might like to do. Don't buy for the month. That's it. That's it. it. That's it. There you go. Buy your pink panther. Oh, Reuse, yeah. produce, recycle. Definitely save a coin there. I'm excited. I'm I'm ready to watch it because I'm ready to support our girl Tony on the next episode. So I gotta catch up before I gotta catch up before the weekend. Oh, but you have seen at least episode one, right? Joel, okay. Well, I have a lot going on. I have a lot going on. We do, Joel. Tell him we have a lot going on. We I I barely got into season two of Pose. I'm halfway through. I'm halfway through. Him. Since he's working home at home remote, he could actually help us do some of these things <laughs> that we got on our plate. Okay. When I drive around giving the girls the. <laughs> I've been in the hood giving the girls. <laughs> That's why you got one. <laughs> and because I was out shopping and I was accosted by a man and I didn't have mine on me, I was quite upset. He tried to castigate you. Mm-hmm. This is my last um, episode of In Living Colors. I just no. wanted to let y'all know I have enjoyed working with all of you guys. I don't understand what's the problem. <laughs> I don't have time for this, baby. <laughs> I don't have time for this. P Valley. As Joel was saying, I'm excited because next Sunday, my sis, Tony Bryce, will be on P Valley, and I cannot wait to see her. Have y'all listen? If y'all, everybody who's watching, if you've seen P Valley, please comment your favorite character. I love P Valley. Listen, I I find a way to watch my TV. My TV watches me. Um, I wake up, I watch my TV. Now I go to sleep to design the women, but I always find a way. Julia Sugar Break, baby. That's the mouthful. I don't know who works good. You done? I go to bed watching Jeopardy. Ah! <laughs> I go to sleep watching SBU. I need Olivia Benson. I need a good cop in my life. There you go. Oh, you know what? Bam! I know we're going back. So but- my favorite character. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna just say Uncle Clifford. Clifford is a bad bitch. Y'all. Uncle Clifford got. Clifford. I've seen. The, I've seen the memes. I've seen. I. I know who some people are. Uncle Clifford got everybody eating out the farm he's in. He got the police in line. 
Uncle Clifford got the trade in the club in line. He got all the girls in line. Uncle, Uncle Clifford Damn. is a bad bitch. Real quick plug. If you got to get your train in line, <laughs> please hit the Mahogany Project for your survival <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I know I love a good strip club. I love a good strip club um, themed media. You know, I'm a fan of Players Club, so I'm very excited. When I watched like episode two, I said, Jessica, she didn't get into this thing like your kind of shit. Kind of space. <laughs> I love it. I, that's why I'm like, oh, I need to watch this. Oh, but before we continue, let me say this because I forgot to say this. So, this DLT that my cousin had pointed out, so fertility, because Vernon said so many women that he's born with have like just gave him nurturing. Let me say this about Vernon. Y'all may not know Vernon provides fertility. He births so many different projects, so many different partners. Partnership, so many collaborations. So they can also be another reason why you connect with this. I didn't think about that. Ah, but you're exposed to. This ain't always intern, it's always external. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about it. I, I thank you for that. There you go, you know. I shake. <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, that's a demonic school. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, the characters like what what I loved about it is hu it humanized the strip club to me. Because you not only get to see the girls, how they work and twerk. First of all, when mama was on that pole, Mercedes, she was on that pole working it out, and then they cut out the audio, and then you just heard her breathing. You know, like, girl, no, that show, that's work. Oh, yeah. I think people, I really think that people don't, what people think the strip clubs are, they're not that at all. Like, I've had some very close friends of mine working strip clubs. I've been in there. I've been behind the scenes. I've been, and it's it's not glamorous. It's not. It's work. It's hard work. It's grueling work. Them girls are not into these niggas like that. It's just it's a job. Like, ugh, I'm excited. It's one thing about P Valley that really disappoint me. What? I've heard that all strip clubs have really good wings. Okay. And all they do is complain about the wings on P Valley. Until until the murder came through and you know opposed to Big Murder. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I feel like strip clubs do have the best food. They do. Did y'all know Lil Murder was the same guy from Self Made? Yes, I had seen it. I was like, why does he look so familiar? I ain't gonna lie, everybody who know me, listen, I love a certain type of man. I love a nice pie. Studious man, very white collar ish, but it was somebody little like, Oh, didn't say white, right? Oh, let me tell you something. All right, we want to get funded. No, we don't want to get rich women. Just talk about it. Don't talk about it. I prefer my mean ethnic. Let's just say this. Anyway, this is exotic. Is that what I'm saying? Is that well? You know, you know, African people are excited. You know, but people, you know, that's not that's frowned upon. Mm -hmm. However, no, but I did want to say that I he think is was, sexy to me. Like I don't know, and I don't like the grills and all that. I like it. I like so just in here, where they at? Where they at? Where they at? Oh, Juanita, Bernie say he, he likes the thugs, man. All of his, all of his face. Oh, I know. She, I know. I know. He like Mr. Thug, Mr. Thug, man. Mm. You yeah. like a thug bed in the life, baby. Huh? I'm just saying a thug bed. I said Mr. Thug Man, baby. His face. He grilled out. He be he be all he be breaking out in the mid course, showing up places. Y'all that sex scene, he can cook. 
Hold on, hold on. You he spoiled like a little, it because Joel like <laughs> Oh, we were going on favorite character. Oh, but Joy, you ain't even seen episode one yet. I haven't seen nothing. Oh, boss, no, the sex scene, I'd have messaged y'all. I told y'all I saw the sex scene in Pose finally. That was gross. Which one? The Pray one tell. with Pray Tell and Ricky. It was, I was disappointed. Did he like it? So, okay, so here's the thing. It was like she participated in it or some shit. So <laughs> I, you ain't like it. <laughs> I mean, I'm disappointed because I felt like he was. I felt like Praytel was preying on Ricky because Ricky was not in a good state to be having sex with somebody that's like twice his age and who was. But that's like, how the girls do. I think that's what it was trying to show. Because, and who was, who was yeah. twice his age? Who was a father or like a a role model figure? It was just weird to me when it happened. I was like. It wasn't a bad scene. It just made me uneasy. Like, I was like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. It is. And it's me speaking from a gay black cis man. Like, you definitely them older cats that pray on you. You got them young cats that pray on them. Be like, hey, I, you know, listen, oh, I, know I need this phone bill paid. Let me fuck on it. I need a food. I need to fuck on it. Uh-huh. I need to go wash my clothes while I'm in college. Go to this house so you can wash my phone for me. It's ain't no testimony. I just heard these things. I yeah, uh-huh. so like you know a little bit about that, Adonis. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Life ain't been no crystal still for me. What about the stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was supposed to uh display. But I do like the realness of P Valley. Like even the sex scenes, it was it was it was real, then. Hey, go down. Listen, half the how, how many girls you know actually use Lou? Listen on on Brokeback Mountain. Oh all, all he let to do was spend one time before he rammed it up in Jay. <laughs> he said, Psh. "I'm like, listen, baby, listen. I gotta choose my words wise because we gotta get donation. How do we get to Brokeback Mountain? I don't know, but we talking about <laughs> speed, spin for Lou. Is the people from Brokeback Mountain even gay? I ain't even they were gay, right?" Yeah, that's the game movie. That's why I was so funny. No, not in real life. No, not in real life, no. I said in real life. That's what I'm talking about in real life. But the guy, the guy P. Valley, he's not getting real life. He's... So oh, he ain't? Comments the, the strip club, not gay? Wait, who you talking about? Lil' Murder not getting real life? Yeah. yeah, Lil' Murder not? No. But you, Clifford, the man that's over the strip club? Clifford is a homosexual. Huh? Clifford is a homosexual. Now, oh, look. okay, okay. I was making sure I was saying, hold up now. He played that too good. See what I was we have a few comments about P Valley. First off, hey Jermaine. And then we have Mia. She said that first off, the soundtrack was popping. I haven't heard none of this, so I'm just all out the loop. She said that she is trying to the show's growing on her. And she also said the same thing that I said about Pray Tell and Ricky, that it was uncomfortable to watch. It really was weird and awkward. It was, you know what, the thing about that, we going back to this, but what was making so uncomfortable, listen, baby. Did it, don't, don't, don't let the, don't let the, you know, the super young skin fool you, baby. I done been in the world and I, 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 okay, baby. I done had more than a few good men. Adonis, don't make it go up under my seat. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pull out nothing, listen, I'm shocked. Baby, I got the bag. I got the pull, I got the I'm going to pull out something that's going to leave a hole in your ass. I'll listen. I have one of those back there, but we're not giving them away for free. <laughs> don't reprimand the girls on live. Right. <laughs> she better watch. Well, well, tell her, mama, she better watch her stapler. 
She said she started to Don't cast me on live. She turned to us me one more time. I'm gonna hold her hands. <laughs> and this is family. Speaking of people, family, see how I'm saying his mama did. But anyway, what I found weird about that scene with Pertan, because listen. When you're in the midst and you're having sex and whatever you subscribe to that position, you're doing it. I ain't never heard nobody say, I want to flip the script and I want you to do me. That's what became unrealistic to me. I'm like, hold on. So after you pursue this old cat, you're going to tell him, Ricky, that you want him to do it to you. In the midst of it. In the midst of it all. Because is it realistic? Did you prepare for this? But then again, some people might not even want us to be prepared. Some people like you. Moody, doody, however you go. I felt like that was full. Nah, I ain't no motherfucking know your body. Because I felt like that part was forced because I feel like it would have been more natural. If it was going to be a verse scene, it would have been a verse scene. I mean, you're not going to just say, okay, we going from top, bottom to verse. You know, it just doesn't go that way. I don't know. Oh, we gonna eat on them and then let you know, grab on certain things, put your hand on certain things, and then go into them. This one for, for whatever it is. I'm talking about sex. Mom want to turn into baby. <laughs> so, is there anybody excited about Moesha on Netflix? I'm on episode. I'm on season three, episode six. Okay, y'all. I got a bone to pick with y'all about Moesha. Moesha don't do nothing for me. Listen, let me tell you something. I just literally watched that episode. Hold (laughs) up. Monina, I think we and you on the same page. Go ahead. Moesha. What you gonna say? What you gonna say, Adonis? Let's see. Here's the thing, and it's so crazy, because, of course, we millennials. So, growing up, I had my older siblings. You know, they Gen X. I'll live. They all from the so I'm like, man, I remember being younger, growing up. I want to be like them. I thought Moesha was everything. She was beautiful. I'm like, oh man, I was able to hang with her. But this is the thing. Now, first episode, because I watched it again, because I said, let me let me feel the stars. Let me feel the stars. Take me back to the nineties, right? Baby, I'm like, girl, the way it was too many fat jokes surrounding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it just period. Okay, I, I get every night. Okay, we get a little humor. Okay, when you read, it's a read. So you got the little girl with the big old church suit on. Can't even say pantsuit. Gabriel Union with the natural swoop. She came in there. And she said, "That's not baby face. It's fat baby." Okay, that's one thing. But then she, then Kim asked Mark, "She agreed that I need to lose some weight." Then that she made a joke. No, not the person, but the cheerleader. Oh, okay, okay. And then I'm like, girl, like, it's too many fat jokes. And I'm not going to lie. Like, going back then and thinking back, because I remember the conversation, you, they, how they brought it up made you really put, paint a picture that Kim was big. When you looked at the girl was out there she big, was she not. was thin. I actually met them in real life when I was like... The way that they had made the jokes, I was thinking that Kim, like, I, the way that they, like, she made fun of her in the past, when I looked at it, I was like, they're basically the same size. I'm really confused. Right. Like, and if I was Kim... Moesha would have been every type of raggedy braid having bitch. Like, look, bitch. <laughs> she would have got cursed out. And Kim was fly too. So Yeah, and once I looked at it, I was like, like looking from the lens that I'm looking at as a grown adult, you know what I mean? Somebody that's super grown at this point. I'm like, this is what I was looking at. No wonder, like, I had such a poor body image. No wonder I didn't love myself like I do now. No, no, no wonder, like. 
fat phobia is like so ingrained in our society. I was like, this is trash. This is utter fucking trash. And I just could not believe that for so long I watched these shows and I was so enthralled with it. And y'all got all these fat jokes on here. Like, damn. <laughs> I didn't even think it was a thing until now. Been on, I'm like, whoa. Because like, I, I, I don't I, know if y'all know this. Look at Kim though now. Like, look at how she is now. Like, she's always having surgeries. She's always she didn't change the face. I mean, she has so many self esteem issues from the past that are now into her future. Like, even when you look at little Kim, like the stuff that little Kim went through with people calling her ugly she's now changed her face and her body. So that stuff sticks with people and we don't think it hurts them or impacts them, but it does. Good. Hmm? My mama watched it and I said, look, Kim was a drop dead gorgeous. Okay, Shout out to the McFarland. Little oh. Kim was beautiful. She was. Beautiful. I mean, oh. So I did catch that, but I also caught two other things that I thought were very interesting in, in the Moesha dynamic. Um, while the Mitchells and other people did feed Hakeem, they constantly made fun of him as a person who was who was experiencing like food insecurity. Like his mom was a single mom, and he always talked about on the show how she either had to work two jobs or work long hours and stuff like that, just basically to just keep the bills on. Look at the episode where he's been around and borrowed money from all his friends just to try to keep the lights on. He didn't want anybody to know. Oh, how Moesha was deep like that. Yes, and then look at the episode. We were thinking about that as kids. We was like, you know. And then look at the episode where um, his his cousin came to like their school and he Moesha went out to go hang out with me. She found out he was gay and she went back and told uh, Nisi and Kim and then the rumor. Yes, and then the rumor went around. It's like in the second season. And a rumor went around the school and all the kids was making, talking about him. And Hakeem was like, not Hakeem, uh, Q came to Moesha and said, well, the next time you try to make sure you're jealous, make sure you try to do it with a real man. As if, if because you're gay or queer, then you're not a man. I'm telling you, it's like, and I'm just on season three, episode six. Oh, Lord, you really been being you know what the interesting thing is, mm-hmm. is, I think it's interesting how main characters or shows are always literally, they're loved during their height, but they're always the most problematic. Like, in reality. They're always problematic. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Now, looking back at it, because, you know, there's Gen X, and if you ever deal with a lot of people Gen X in the workplace, basically, they, you think boomers are headache, baby. Think about Gen X, who probably a lot of our older cousins, brothers, and sisters, Baby, the way they subscribe to respectability politics, baby, it is more of a headache dealing with them than it is about boomers. I can tell you that um, working at change happens. Um, anyway, so, but um, <laughs> with all that being said, it made you realize not only the growth of the character, but the growth of us as people. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't stand D as a stepmom, but now I'm looking at like, Girl, this lady had a valid point with everything that she said. It really, like, looking at she really was like the one with the most sense. Because even her daddy, he was very misogynistic. It, it was like, you know, she couldn't do anything. He, he reminded me of, of T.I. When he was like, oh, I even go to the, the, the gynecologist with my daughter. 
he really put me in the mind of like Frank Mitchell. She couldn't go anywhere. Anything that Moesha did was was tied to Q. Like, oh, if Q fall, that Moesha make bad decisions. But it's just Moesha living her life. I mean, you're as a as a dad, as a parent, it really shows how prepared that you were. You not were not prepared to lift her up. The show came on with her being like 16. And in the 90s, being 16 and 17 was very different. I, my cousin, my auntie was going to the store at 16 and 17 buying my great cigarettes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In some states, people were drinking and going to the bars and buying full alcohol at 16 and 17. You know what I'm saying? So it's, and especially in the 90s. So it's, so it, it was like he was unwilling to let her go. And a lot of people looked at as like, well, maybe he was protecting her. That same way T.I. feel about his daughter, that he was protecting her. That's why he was shaking her heart. And I just think it very, it's, it's a very interesting watch now. I'm not moved by Brandy, the queen of hit and runs, hitting, and, hitting people. And I'm not moved. <laughs> I said a vocal panther. <laughs> as Madison said that, she was a vocal panther. Yeah. She is. I don't think she's a vocal Bible either. Mm -mm. I did, I do notice all the Easter eggs to Whitney Houston. Um, watching the show over again, like she has a lot of Whitney Houston posters in her room. When her and Hakeem went on the date, it was like Whitney XL stuff in the background and stuff like that. So I did notice a lot of Whitney Houston Easter eggs, like rewatching. Who gave her the title of the vocal Bible? Where did that originate from? I forgot they, but they just said they. The reason why they said um, because I like Brandy. I'm not just like a diehard fan, but they said like in the studio with her, she's always on her note. I, I, baby, all I believe in is sitting up in my room. They say she always on her note, but that clip of her and Whitney practicing for Cinderella, Whitney said, "Why are you down here?" So not to cut y'all off, but I just saw Miss Tana come in. Miss Tana made 1,500 masks by herself. Thank you, Miss Sam. Shout out. Oh, mama. Woman again. She made 1,500 masks by herself. Woman again. So, you know, we got to stay on time and test, y'all. So, this world will be saved by a black woman. I'm just going to say it. And if, you know, when we talked about the whole religion thing, now, if y'all want to talk about it, I believe God is a black woman, but we can discuss this at a later time. She is. Period. <laughs> discuss this at a later time. Um. So did y'all get to see the poster of KFC using a chicken drumstick? It's like the black, like it's the black power. No, no, I didn't see that. Now, I saw you put that in the group. I didn't see that. Yeah. Please pull it up. Now let me say this. That's problematic. That's fucked up. Now, nah. ooh, the Chris chicken. Ooh, marriage of life seen seen about. <laughs> I wonder, people. You just gotta understand, baby. Your, your board needs to be diverse. Now, as a black man, do I love chicken? Let me see. That chicken. As a mm. Why is anybody mm. surprised? I feel like people are surprised that this stuff is happening, but these all these people did was do an Instagram or a Facebook post. Nobody is making no real change. That's why this stuff keeps happening. And this is a post for the emancipation of Trinidad. And so they thought that this would be a great way to celebrate Trinidad um, by posting a chicken drumstick that casts a, you know, a black fist. Wow. Mm -hmm. black power. 
And it's like, it's, it's just other ways of doing it. But you know what? That definitely is another different, another conversation. It's definitely problematic. But when we get to the point where we don't give a fuck about what our counterparts think. So let me tell you, so I do love fried chicken. I actually ate some drumsticks and a little fried, oh, number one fried chicken so today. And it was five. I love fried chicken, but really a black. They still make you pay cash over. But I think they, they don't have anybody on their boards. Like it's the fact that you have no black leadership because if you had true black leadership, then black people would have caught that. And I'm not just saying like one black person on the board that isn't it, that isn't anti-black themselves. I'm yeah. talking about somebody that is black, that is actually pro-black, that is, is has their nose to the community, has their feet on the ground. Like these companies don't care about changing. They don't. They want to keep things the way they are. They and they know that people are stupid. People will take a blind Instagram post or a blind commercial talking about Black Lives Matter. We support Black Lives with them not actually doing anything. Like, there's nothing that they've done except make a post or make a, a advertisement, but they haven't made any real change. And that's why stuff like this keeps happening. Because people are shocked, but it's like, well, why would you be shocked when they never even changed from the beginning of the beginning? So... That's just like when the thing popped off by Starbucks, right? Last year when the two guys got arrested for sitting in Starbucks, right? And then Starbucks closed down for what, two or three days to do diversity training, right? And then this year we saw the Black Lives Matter movement pick up and then Starbucks say, oh wait, you can't wear Black Lives Matter shirts, um, you know, to work. And people were offended, right? Like, what the fuck? Like, you can't wear Black Lives Matter shirts to Starbucks? I thought they had dealt with this through cultural competency. Yeah, right. What that training looked like. Nobody asked for a copy of the training. Who Nobody who did it, who conducted it. That black people are were there to, you know, to teach the training or that it was taught by black people. There was there was like, where is the follow-up and then where's the accountability? If if, if y'all know nothing else about me, I am a stickler for accountability. Like I believe in it, I practice it, like. Accountability is so real because so often we let people come just ride coattails and slide by because they say they're ally or they're affirming or they provide a safe place or they have resources for black people or gay people or trans people or hey, black gay trans people. Like, and <laughs> black gay trans people. <laughs> the bottom of it in question, like, well, who's at the root of this? Who's doing the work? Who's, you know, who, how did you guys get this funding? Like, are you saying that you're servicing 500 black trans women a year, but then your agency on the C37? Like, one thing you know, I would be really interested in, go ahead. One thing I would be really, really, it really, really interested in is like you were saying about accountability. And I will also want follow-up. So when it comes to like racial justice stuff, and even when it comes to uh, issues around trans lives, like I would love for an organization like Black Lives Matter to do national assessment of these organizations like Target and Walmart and have scorecards and tell Black folks, because we listen to each other when, we, when each other talk. So they could be like, oh, y'all, go to Walmart because Walmart has diversity training. Walmart also has 
25% of their board is black and they also have LGBTQ. Like I would love for it to be like a scorecard where we can see what businesses, national businesses that we can go to. Organizations like Black Lives Matter have been diluted. They've been kind of corrupted and there's not really Black Lives Matter. It's only Black straight lives, Black straight men's lives matter. So they're not going to do that. So it's like the all these movements can't we can't even hold these movements. They're not even being held accountable. So we can't even hold these white people accountable or these, you know, corporations accountable or these celebrities accountable because the movements aren't even being held accountable. Like they're diluted, mm-hmm. corrupted, they're not really consistent. Black Lives Matter is loud when a black man is killed, but they're not loud when a national epidemic of black trans women getting murdered or killed or they're not loud when you know black lives matter the actual statement is about ending the violence against black america if we're ending the violence against black america we're going to talk about the violence against black women cis or trans we're going to talk about not just the police killing a black people we're going to talk about black on black like let, if it's ending the black the violence let's talk about the violence they don't want to talk about that they only want to talk about what the white people are doing to black men straight cis black men so mm-hmm. like, that's why white people feel like we could do whatever because they don't even got their shit together so hey let me make this black lives matter post and then i'm gonna post this chicken wing with a fix and then we're gonna just do it well i mean i have witnessed black black lives matter be void uh you know, black trans women, witness it be void of black women. We still trying to get business for Breonna Taylor. And, you know, but, and I'm not saying George Floyd deserved any less. You know what I'm saying? But Breonna Taylor deserved just more. as much. You, you, mm-hmm. More? Because- More than what she because the, Exactly. Yeah. Because this is a movement about black lives and her black life is, is, is just as valid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, and it's not, and, and it's not, the, and it's not tooting the scale of saying well, her life is worth more because she's in a bed sleep. It's not. No, it's not a pie. It's not a pie. People, it, exactly. It is. It's not, most definitely not a pie or a piece. You know what I'm saying? Her life is valid. It's his life, and and I agree with that. We do need to start seeing more from Black Lives Matter. We shouldn't have to say, excuse me all Black Lives Matter, right? Because that's kind of a contradictory in, in itself because saying Black Lives Matter, I'm Black, Adonis Black, Jarrell Black, Marnina Black, but we all live in very different intersectionalities of being Black, and which is the whole point of this podcast, right? And so Marnina life is not more valid than mine. My valid is not more valid than Joel's. Joel's is not more valid than Adonis. We are all Black people. We all experience different like stigmas and prejudices and disparities on various scales. But the commonality in there is if we all walk in a, into a together, we are going to be labeled as the Black group of people who walked in the store. Anything else that make us up is not important. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that like Black Lives Matter lost its messaging because at first it was started by Black queer women and it was supposed to be uh, Black queer women leading this Black movement and they were like even if you read that website it's all about Black women and it's all about Black trans women and it's all about empowering femme Black bodies to be at the forefront of these movements and it's lost its way. 
It got hijacked. It got hijacked. And mm-hmm. to interesting to not to go back to the Billy Porter thing, but this ties into what we're talking about. I some one of our local community leaders had posted it on their page about what happened, and you know, community started responding. And there was an older black lesbian lady who said, Well, trans people need to start fighting for their rights, or she didn't say trans people, only trans people have responded to her coming, to which she said, Well, start fighting for your rights. To which I responded, well, I think it's always interesting that other LGB people always want to tell trans people to start fighting for their rights. When hell, how do you think that you got your How do you think that you get to go celebrate pride? How do you think that you get to go out and to be in these parades or hold hands with your couples or, mm-hmm. or, or get married? The first black trans woman who got married got married in 1800 something, okay? So let, let, if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it right. Because trans people have always been at the fore... Marsha P. Johnson died, okay? Silver Rivera died. Now, and I hate to say this, but hell, in my opinion, I think Sylvia Rivera had it worse than Marsha P. Johnson. She was homeless. She was in jail. She was to get beat on a regular. She had to, even though they both were homeless, she literally slept in the gullies and people knew who she was. They knew that she was a community advocate and people did nothing. Marsha P. Johnson was surrounded by fucking celebrities. One of her best friends was Andy Warhol. And every night, Marsha P. Johnson went to sleep on a fucking pier, okay? And I think it's a slap in the face when people say, well, trans people need to fight for their rights. Bitch, most French people been doing this since they were born. That's an insult. And it also shows your lack of education, how, how you are uninvolved in the community and how you disproportionately marginalize trans people when you say shit like this. How you invalidate the experience and invalidate trans people throughout history. Especially in black, in black spaces because a lot of the times trans women are our mothers. They're the people that help raise us, that teach us the game, that talk to us about LGBTQ, living an LGBTQ life, that feed us and take us in when our parents throw us out, that put money in our pockets. And sometimes they may not be on the forefront of those movements, but the people that are on the forefront of those movements are the people who they have put food in their bellies. They have gave them shelter and clothing. They have pushed them up to the forefront to be the strong folks they are today. Hell, I would be sitting on this podcast had it not been for a black trans woman inspiring me to go to Legacy and do work. So I don't know. I, it's just gross. It's all gross to me. Just had to get that off my chest. So while we all talking about black black trans women, um, black women, um, and, and, and the diaspora of blackness, right? So Shea Cole won RuPaul Drag Race. And one of the most endearing things that she said um, before she was announced the winner was that her drag is a love letter to Black women. And I thought that was so sweet. If, if people are not, you know, familiar with Shay Collet, you know, Google her, you know, look at Mama Drag. Like, she's always very well put together. She give a very elegant, very upper echelon, you know, look and feel of Black women. And, and she always hold them in a very positive light. I love that. I think that I'll speak, I'll speak from my experience. What I viewed as a lot of drag tends to end up being a mockery of Black women, because it's not even women. 
it's black women, white drag queens, black drag queens, Latin drag queens. They tend to caricaturize black women, make fun of them, mock them. And I think it was just very refreshing. I think it was beautiful to say that. Most definitely. I think she does um, a really good job in her art. Mm -hmm. um, not even just portraying, you know, black women, but even how she holds and carries herself. When you talk about accountability, she is definitely a person that holds her other drag is accountable. Miss Mama's always added with her, her other drag on social media when they say something that's anti-black, something that's anti, you know, women or transphobic or things like that. She's also an, a part of like they do like the like some black women drag shows. Um, that I know she participating in the Vixen and a few other of the black women who, well, you know, black entertainers or illusionists who participated in RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, you know, work together. And so I really think that's dope that there's a level of not only accountability, but camaraderie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we did talk about a, a lot of massage and war today and you know experience of black women and i think we will be remiss if we do not talk about um what has been going on lately with megan the stallion um her being shot um people like drill um commenting and making jokes about her people like christy Teigen, um just hilarious um even black men um, even right after Megan Thee Stallion was shot, there was a thread of black men who were talking about, oh, we shooting our holes in their feet uh, with this hot girl summer shit. Mm -hmm. Our hot girls getting shot in their feet this summer. Like, it was really, like, black men, like, really did not care. As you can tell, me and Joelle, we, we already used to it. We already know. <laughs> They never gonna care about black women. <laughs> and it's funny because me and my best friend, that has been I come in lately about uh, so many things. We say stuff to be like, oh, but we already been knowing that. Because it's a reality as as black people and how we talk about living intersectionality, most of the stuff that we see that come out or people are experiencing of a proxy of the pandemic, we already been knowing this. We've experienced it time and time again. Hell, some of us go around educating people on it, okay? Because that's how much we have experienced it. And so I think, I don't think this is more so for us. I think it's more so to like point it out for people. And ooh, and it, it's Ayanna Benzent would say, ooh, call a thing a thing. Mm -hmm. We're gonna name it. Mm -hmm. I, think it's, I think it's unfortunate on many different levels. I don't know the details of the situation. I think it's unfortunate because when Megan was talking about her dealing with the trauma of death in her family and death in her life and really, really not being able to get over that and being involved with people that didn't have her best interest at heart. I think it's interesting that that's something that the majority of us can relate to. And I, it's, it's like Black men still didn't have her back. Like, didn't have her back at all. And it's like she was literally shot by a man she was involved with she was, you know, it doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't fucking matter the circumstances. First off, it's none of our fucking business what the circumstances are. But it's like, she was shot. He shot her. That's what we know. So it's like, 
So if your daddy shoots your mama, what are we supposed to ask about the circumstances? That's and it's just like it's so frustrating because it it always seems like if it's something that happened to a black man, we are supposed to stop the presses. We are supposed to fuck the system. We supposed to know. But as soon as something happened to a black woman. We have to question. We have to fucking perform trigonometry, make a fucking the formula of pi. We need to write it on the board for people to believe it or even question like, well, maybe. And it's it's frustrating. It's like, why can't, you know, are we, is it Ushiwali or is it one mic? Which is, you know, which is, what are we doing here? I, I just think the whole thing is just sad. I think that for other black women to make jokes out of it, for other black men, and then we, we look at history, right? And we see these photos of like, uh, during segregation and things like that, right? And you see black women throwing themselves in front of black men. And we, and we also know how through society, how black women are the most unprotected. Absolutely. You know, population is in society and this does nothing but reflect that it shows us that there is so much work that we need to do in our community not only to uplift and protect black women but to also pay homage to them because at the end of the day us as a people and oh and we always like to I like to talk about black people oh black people like to talk about how they survive by grandmother's prayers we we all like oh we got praying grandmothers right can we imagine how much shit our grandmothers had to grow through, go through in the 50s, the 60s? My grandmother was born in like 1930, I believe. Can you imagine how much shit my grandmother had to go through in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s? Like... But we are so many of us are survived by our grandmother prayers, and we still don't protect black women. We don't respect black women. We call them bitches and hoes. Mm -hmm. But and then and then we teach our sons uh, at an early age to 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 start fucking on black women. But you but okay at the same time you want your daughter to, to be a virgin. You you want to go to the doctor with her and check her hymen. You can't have you can't have it both ways. Nah. Nah. I know that was I, I know that was a lot, y'all. Hey, if I didn't love black men so much, I'd be trying to get a Scott, I'd be trying to get a Jeff, I'd be trying to get a Sance. Look, cause I don't got time. Black men just do too much. It's like you would think that they would be trying to, or I, I, it's like, why aren't we just talking about Black Lives Matter? And literally a Black life was injured and y'all could care less. And the harshest criticism is coming from Black women, the people that are making the most jokes. And I, and I, I so applaud Fenty for, for um, ending a contract with, with Drea when she made that, those comments, because how do you go get a job with somebody who has been a victim of domestic violence. And they and they do a lot of work around it. And they talk about how that kind of shaped their career and how that was a horrifying, a horrifying moment in their career. But then you see another black woman actually get shot and things like that. And you you make fun of it. You don't forget that you are part of this of this campaign. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Like, you know, we're not telling anybody. Of course, you can think how you think. Like, you could kiki, you could joke about it all you want. Because I won't lie, if a joke is funny, I'm going to laugh. Regardless. However, I think that we also need to talk about how if somebody is making a joke, like if a black man is killed or shot, there might be, of course, in this culture now, of course, there's going to be memes and jokes, but there will be just as many, you know, thoughts and prayers and deep analysis of why this black man was shot and injured and what does this mean for the community and but I don't see any of that. I don't see any deep dives into the safety of black women in our community or how black men continuously harm and let down black women. And if, if people deep diving, it's certainly not the community, it's white people, it's certainly not black men. So I think it's just, it's just disappointing and it's telling that it is just, Niggas don't care. Niggas don't care. Where the taser at? Because these niggas don't care. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, <Liz. laughs> these niggas don't care. I think it's because, too, if you see that you are not respected and you see that folks don't respect folks that look like you, why would you respect yourself or the next person that looks like you? So people tend to disrespect what they, what community doesn't value. I mean, like when you look at certain neighborhoods that are lower income, a lot of the times you see trash on the ground because a lot of people, some people don't respect their neighborhoods. And so since they see that, what are they gonna do? Continue to litter in those areas. So my thing is, that's what they're doing in this in this instance. Black people, white folks, uh, Latinx folks, Asian folks don't respect black women. And that's just the truth. The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. Malcolm X said that in 1968, and it's been true ever since. And so I think that that's the reason why. That's the reason why folks think it's okay to make jokes, memes, whatever. Black women are the only women. I did a, um, I was doing some statistics, looking up some statistics the other day. Black women are the only women that out-earned their men. We are the, only, we're the first to get married. We're the first to get divorced. Uh, we're the only women who our men date more outside of our outside of their race than they date us. We're the only race of women that do that, that have that issue. And so it's just it's a plethora of things. I mean, when you see that the beauty standard isn't you, or when you see men who are of a certain esteem get folks that don't look like you on a consistent basis, you start to devalue yourself. So. I don't know. It's a whole plethora of issues. I'll devalue them. Fuck them. Shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to get with no white man now because you know Black Lives Matter. But fuck these, fuck these niggas. I don't. Oh, they are so irky. Like it's just it's so annoying. Like and it's so triggering because it's like it makes me think about my own lived trauma that I've lived and how. Black men weren't there for me during that. It's just like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's it's on a on a surface level, but how many other black women, cis or trans, are out there looking at this, reading the comments, reading whatever all the jokes, and thinking something similar has happened to me, and the, the, no black man was there, no 
part of my community was there. I had to face this alone. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's rather difficult. Like when people were making those jokes, like, I know this is like kind of off topic, but they were making jokes about when Trump was like grabbing by the pussy. Literally like maybe a couple years after I moved to Houston, I'm walking down the street and like, I'm super pro-black and my parents raised me to be that way. So I held the door open for my fellow brother that was coming behind me. I wasn't thinking nothing of it. He a black man. I look at all black men as my brothers. I'm walking through the door. Dude grabs my ass up under my dress. Yes. And so you... <laughs> you gonna get the taste. <laughs> so it's like... But at that same time, that was around the time that Trump was talking about grabbing by the pussy. So... And everybody thought this shit was a joke. And I really was sexually assaulted like that. You literally grabbed my ass. And of course I whooped his ass, but still like that, I mean, I don't know. I'm just disgusted by the entire situation. That happened to me by somebody that I knew in the club and I spoke out about it. And literally what people said towards me, like when I was like, I was sexually assaulted, like drunk or not, I was sexually assaulted in the club by a friend. And, you know, I was sexually assaulted. And the things that people said to me, like, well, just ignore it, or he was drunk. And it's like, but you're not understanding, like I'm sexually assaulted. Like, and I'm saying like, and it, it was it's frustrating it's like to see how much or how little the community has your back as a black mm -hmm. man and how it's like you damn now i gotta not i gotta fight him and fight y'all too because y'all not support me so he gotta get his head bust and now i gotta fight y'all like it's exhausting it's exhausting yo the officer that came to my house he was a black man and he was like oh is this what you were wearing bitch i don't give a damn step what, what i was wearing or not yeah, it was because you went out and closed minded your business, and a man grabbed your ass, so it's your fault because you went he said, out. Is that what you were wearing? You supposed to be taking a. You supposed to be taking a uh, um uh like a letter. Or something. You supposed to be taking my incident report down. Like, what are you doing? Telling you it's your fault. That's his way of trying to holler at you and trying to make you see like, oh, no, nah, it's a compliment. N n what? To be sexually assaulted. Like, feeling on me. My God. So we we come to, we came to, we a little over time, so. We did good tonight, though. I think we did good. We bad over time. But let's get final thoughts. So who would like to go first? Oh, don't everybody speak at once. Oh, oh my God! Listen, my final thoughts. Um, yeah, back. What we what we realize is that this is a call to action to black men. Honestly, well, you might be, however, whatever sexual orientation you may be, it's a call to black men to step up, um, not sh show up and show out. Like you hear these stories, you see the stories, like. At what point in time is enough going to be enough? Mm -hmm. So that's my closing thoughts and always white front to bed. No, you asked me what was mine. I told you. Everybody needs white front to bed. 
I am, my closing thought is, because I'm looking at Marnina shirt, and I got to quote Tupac, I ain't the killer, but don't push me. <laughs> I'll tase you, knife you, backflip, roundhouse kick you. <laughs> like Sean <Charlie>, Lee. <laughs> 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 And I love to give a good look on trust. I will be in them streets looking like Tomb Raider trying to fight. Don't play with me. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Somebody blowing down over there. Oh, that's me. Joanne said she get looks and Donna said costumes. Now she getting getting misses. People like, right. oh, you got Charlie Lee outfits over there? What's up? <laughs> I, I do, look. She's going to give you a look and a thing. She has them. They trying to get a role play started. Mm -mm. Hey, I'm down for some cosplay. I don't have nobody to, I don't have no, I don't have no opponent to cosplay with. Oh, What about you, Mommy? What's your final thoughts? Oh, I guess my final thought would be call out homophobia, transphobia, and fatphobia whenever the fuck you see it. Call these souls out. Okay. So, you know, my final thoughts are simply if you have not bought yours, I can't. Because when you get mine on Saturday, it's going to be all type of boomerangs and videos. And trust the Duchess, they are only a limited supply. And so when they are gone, they are gone. You would not be able to say, ooh, I, oh, now I remember mm -hmm. you wanted to get one because since they going to be gone. So if you want a fan, you know, they look like this here. Cash after $25 if you want to pick it up here in Houston to TMP, INC Inc. Put fan. I'll let you know when you can pick it up at. It's gonna be midtown. Um, and if you're outside of Houston or you in Houston and you want to get it mailed to you, cash out $35 and do inboxes and let us know where you want it mailed to. And we'll get like I still across the street from the post office. I get in the, I get in the mail whenever you pay me, okay? Support the post office, support it. They're trying to defund the post office, support it. They're trying to privatize mail, support it. Most definitely. Yeah, most trying to close the post office trying to they trying to they said baby amazon is putting the post office out of business okay so if you want to get your fan mailed to you cash up 35 dollars to hash um, i'm talking about hashtag y'all dollar sign tmp inc and you can have one of these limited edition fans they're nice and colorful and you know it's good quality in a amount I think Trump just trying to defund the uh, post office because he don't want us to be able to mail mail in ballots. Because every time I go to the post office, it'd be hella people at the post office. It's they getting some money over there. It's definitely some bullshit. Because why are you talking about some, you trying to defund the post office now that it's an election? But what do you mean? Like, what are you trying to do? You trying to privatize the mail? Like, mm -hmm. mail? I think the same thing, Ronnie, and he don't want us to vote via mail. It's like he already said, talking about something, if he lose, he's going to delay, or he ain't going to accept it. The fuck? Oh, and then in the interview, did you see him, when he was talking about the post office, he said that mail-in ballots, he was like, it's a new phenomenon called mail-in voting. 
And the dude interviewing him was like, sir, it's been mail-in voting since the Civil War. What are you talking about? <laughs> he mails in his vote every year because he lives in New York and vote in Florida. And then he was like, then another thing he said about mail-in voting, he was like, oh yeah, they're going to be just giving everybody mail-in votes. I want you to, I want people to be able to absentee vote, but not mail-in vote. And the guy was like, that's the same process. <laughs> and it's the same process. Numbers the night of the election. If he was to do mail-in ballots, he would want the numbers the night of the election. Even if you go and do voting in person or at the polls, those numbers are not valid the same day. They not. He don't know. We'll be talking about that idiot all day. We'll be talking about that idiot all day. <laughs> so thank you everybody for dropping by. We are so glad that we were able to give you what you need during the quarantine. Once again, if you are a TGNC person and you are in need of this item, please hit project up <laughs> on, our, um, on our page. Just go to the about section or if you're on Instagram, just look at the very, very top and just hit the link, the little link tree and just fill out the form for Uprising and we'll make sure that we get these items to you uh, or you'll come pick them up, one or the other. Okay. Trust the Dutchess. But bye, everybody. Thanks for stopping in. Y'all enjoy y'all. What's today? Wednesday? Yes. Yes, Wednesday. I had a little bit. Remember to reprimand these hoes. Remember to reprimand them hoes. Ah! Reprimand them! (laughs) Reprimand them! (laughs) My latest episode. I'm in the group, okay? I'm going to go be, uh, what was his name from The Temptations? David Ruffin. Well, yeah, I'm going to be David Ruffin on my own. Okay. <laughs> because they got the clock on clock, the drunk stay Clock on clock, the drunk stay That's it. Here for see. Bye, y'all. Then you get them, they say, You can cut the screen, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to kick us ah, off of Facebook. Ah.